0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. Got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about banking and lending and getting some fat cash, stacks of cash from the cheapest place that I know how to find it. And I'm going to introduce my good friend, Aaron Mole. Now, Aaron has been uh, in the finance business getting loans for people for uh, over 10 years, and he's been at Bercadia. Where you know they're a full dust lender. They really do everything. When I when I talk about lending, I think you do the whole spectrum, don't you, Aaron? That's um, absolutely right, Corey. He's done, right.
1: he, Corey, he's done
0: over a billion dollars in loans, and he does specialize a little bit in student housing loans. And that's something we've been doing a, a really lot of. And he's actually helped me get the two two student housing loans that I have. Um, actually, I have a total of three, but he's helped me get two. And so, uh, Aaron, welcome to the show, brother.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Corey. Good to be here. Always good seeing you, my friend. Always good talking with you.
0: Yeah. So um, let's let's kind of jump into the world of banking and getting loans for like these bigger deals. And, um, you know, maybe maybe we just start with like what is out there? Like so in the realm of like, you know, agency, non-agency, take it away, man. Just give Absolutely. us a little.
1: Yeah, wait, Yeah, we'll look. do it. Tell us what you know. We'll start on the surface and then just dive as, as deep as you want to go. Um, okay. Yeah, so to kind of give a holistic approach to debt lending, you know, multifamily financing specifically, we'll just stick on the multifamily, uh, you know, you, you on your perm space, which permanent debt, you've got agency, Fannie, Freddie, and HUD. Uh, you've got LifeCo, which is a variety of different life insurance companies out there that are looking for low leverage, cheap cheap debt, you know, kind of the best interest rates in the market, uh cmbs which acts a lot like a Fannie Freddie um without the government guarantee and then uh bank and bridge so in, in, in with the bank and bridge you've also got some debt funds most of your wall street financial institutions things like that so you know here at brigadia we, we rep we rep all of those i'm fortunate enough to have kind of all the tools in the toolbox which which um is helpful for for, for folks like Kahuna and yourself getting deals done you know we, we're going to talk about a, a case study where we had to be quick on our feet and kind of use a couple of those tools but you know, primarily what I work on. And if you, if you stick on the student niche is, is Fannie Freddie, they, they tend to kind of lead the pack when it comes to permanent financing. And there's a various, there's various different reasons for that, but yeah, they've been, they've been pretty active. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's out there. Um, and we can go into, and into each of those if be like,
0: well, yeah, well, yeah, let's just talk about, so what's the, some of the differences Those. So, so let's just talk about agency versus we'll call it CMBS, right? So, yeah, explain, say some of the, you know, the lending po- policies on one versus the other. Like, yeah, let's put them up against each other.
1: Absolutely. So we, you know, again, Fannie Freddie, kind of the king and queen of multifamily. If you're a masochist, you know, we've had HUD loans for you as well. <laughs> if you like long-term debt. So to kind of start with uh, Fannie and Freddie, because they do act a lot of like the same. Very good lender for permanent debt. Most deals are done on 10-year fixed, 30-year amortization with a little bit of interest only if you like to do that. They're best suited for higher leverage transactions. A good example of that, if you're buying a multifamily property, a lot of times we can get you 80% loan-to-value, non-recourse, 10-year term, 30-year amortization with a little bit of interest only, and a pretty pretty competitive rate. If you're wanting to go longer term, HUD's a great option. You can do a 35-35 or on new construction, a 40-40. Again, it's just a longer process. So Fannie Freddie, very, very good on acquisition, financing, very good on refinance. And the biggest difference, Corey, that I always say, and kind of the biggest pitch between Freddie versus the CMBS transaction, is your supplemental capability. So what I mean so by yes, that? Yes,
0: that's why. Yes, yeah, Attaboy. Oh yeah,
1: you know where I'm going with this. So yep. what, that's you know probably the biggest advantage that they have, and what that means supplemental financing. Let's say we give you a ten year term, brand new deal that you're buying, a little bit of value add to that deal. You're going to go in at say an 80% LTV at call it a $10 million loan. Uh, You do a nice job. You have some value add in the property. NOI goes up a little bit over the the next two, three years. If you got a capital event, you got a CapEx project, or you just want to pull some more equity off the table, Fannie Freddie give you programmatically supplemental loans. You get one more bite at the apple during your 10-year term. So in year three, call it, you can go back to us and say, hey, here's my updated underwriting. Where are my proceeds sizing? We may be able to get you another million to $3 million out of that project going back up to an 80% LTV on the, uh, the new loan-to-value at that time. So it's a great opportunity to go back, grab some more equity off the table, cash yourself out a little bit more. And, the, and if we want to get into the minutiae a little bit, the way that that spreads is it's a coterminous loan, meaning it's going to mature at the same time that your, your A note matures. And they add just a little bit of spread. So your majority of your proceeds at that $10 million are still locked. And that, say, $2 million supplemental, is price just at market with a little bit of premium for
0: the sub? So it- let's but let's break that down because like this is why that's really important. So with what I teach, how to do right. So you're always looking for the exit. Like when you do um, apartment deals and you have a- equity involved, where you're, and you're syndicating like I am, it's always about the exit, right? So that's really your should be your focus is how do I exit this money at the right time, and right. so. That supplemental is a way, so we typically hold our deals for five years, and then we're going to want to do a supplemental. And the reason for that, that's the supplemental loan is the takeout to my capital, which then will still allow me to own the deal 100%. Yep. And that's a big, big deal. So this is my favorite play if I I can, right? But it doesn't always go that way, right? So not every deal lends itself to Freddie because they have guidelines and rules, right? And yep. so they also have review markets and non-review markets
1: yeah they're you're gonna get and that's probably more your small balance loan Corey. is if you yes the lender always wants to know what the real estate looks like the <laughs> lenders that i'm referring to here the life codes the cmbs the Fannie Freddie, we're talking non-recourse right yep. so the folks that are used to dealing with their banks they're usually signing on those on those loans personally Yep. and what that means for the lender is i don't care as much about the real estate i've got a personal guarantee so if Stuff hits the fan. I've got somebody I can go after. My lenders are all non-recourse, primarily, meaning we got to dive into the real estate a little bit more. It's, it's really the only collateral that they have, right? So if you've got a small market, and what you hit on was like the pre-review markets and things of that nature, there's a loan program called Small Balance Loan. It's it's really uh, dedicated in the Fannie Freddie world to streamline the whole process, to clean up the closing costs. It's low cost transaction. It's an expedited transaction. Really designated for five million dollar loans and under. Yeah, and they do have some rules because it's a box, right? They want to get the loans closed quickly. Where where the borrower really benefits on those is thirteen thousand dollars to close that loan with all third party reports, legal.
0: It's a super different. cheap way to do a deal if you have th- think under five million, and it's it's, it's a yeah. really nice deal, right? But um, so but sometimes, so I'll give you an example. Let's talk about we'll talk about Eagle Village a little bit, right? So Eagle Village um was a deal that we did maybe almost 2 years ago
1: yeah been there it's on. Up,
0: yeah it's coming on t- it's not we're going to be talking we're going to be half.
1: talking in 3 more years when that deal matures
0: yeah so <laughs> um and by the way we we've, we've crushed it on this deal so we bought a deal that was it was 88% occupancy well i want to say that 88% occupancy was one of our barriers to entry to get a, a fanny debt am i right yes or, or, yeah so
1: yeah, we- it, it, i i was going to say we wanted to go Fannie Freddie with that one. That's that's how we started our discussions, how we met on that deal. And what we found is, again, one of the good things with Bercadia is I, I go to the whole market. I'm not just, unless you tell me you only want to see Fannie Freddie, we've got CMBS, we've got other players. And what we were able to do on that is just bring you a better opportunity on a CMBS execution because of the five-year, because of the IO, and because of that market, Argenta just happened to be the winner
0: on that one. Right. Well, and, well, but the other part of that was I didn't have any experience, right? So I didn't have any student housing owner experience, which was going to also kick it out of Fannie's little, uh, their, 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 their box, right? So when once I got kicked out of their box, I didn't have enough experience as an operator in student housing. Well, then you got to say, well, what's, what's my other options, right? And so by far and away, though, so in my mind, best options are Fannie and Freddie. Also, what I love about them is they usually have a step down in the uh, fee structure. That's right. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think the best way to describe these is to compare the different programs.
0: Yeah. Cause, cause I mean, we're going to go to CMBS, right? Is yeah. I want to
1: hit on CMBS real quick because what you're getting at, I think is a good segue. CMBS, much like Fannie, Freddie, 10 year deal, 30 year amortization. The main difference is you're not really getting off that much these days. The way that the deals price, the way that they're able to offer those and securitize them in the market when they sell those deals, it's a 1030. There's not a lot of prepaid flexibility. In fact, there's like none. And the seven-year doesn't price as well. The five-year doesn't price as well. So it's kind of a one product offering when it comes to CMBS execution. Fannie Freddie, it's a la carte. You can tell me, I want a seven-year deal fixed. I want a seven-year float. I want a 12-year fixed, 20-year fixed. We can price that option for you, and then if we go to like Corey, what you want to do is exit in five years. Hey, we can give you some flexible prepayment, step down, you know, yield maintenance plus fifty basis points. Tell me what your goal is. We'll price that accordingly. We'll make a loan that fits your needs.
0: Yeah. So in my case, what I was wanting when I when we first had talked to this loan is I like uh, some type of step down where it goes five, four, three, two, one, 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 and that's the exit in uh, percentage points of fees. Right, And uh, that's what I like to do, but it's not always the case. And, of course, once I didn't have experience, I was totally out of the box. So now, because I want to be able to exit in five years, or at least have the ability, because truly, my goal is to refinance and keep the asset, right? But I just got to have a way to do it. So now, so that option wasn't on the, the table with Eagle Village now. So our only real option was CMBS loan, right? And which we found a good product. We found a 10-year product. Now, the only challenge with CBS is now they have what's called defeasance. So let's talk about defeasance.
1: Oh, yeah. Now we're getting to the fun stuff. So standard prepayment on permanent debt is defeasance or or yield maintenance. Both act pretty similar. And what you're going to see there is Danny, Freddie, CBS, they securitize the deal. or What I mean by that is they sell it as a bond to an investor. The investor wants to get made whole, right? So on defeasance, if you defease a deal, call it, you want to, or an example would be you want to pay off a deal in year five on a 10-year note, you need to continue to make those payments to that bondholder for the duration of the deal that you signed up. So you hire a defeasance company to essentially make your debt service payments for you for the remaining five years or make whole. Now, where it gets a little complicated is the market moves around, right? So let's say, or we, let's assume, I don't remember the interest rate, let's say we did a four and a quarter rate or something like that on Eagle Village. If the tenure treasury goes up, and the and you want to fees in year five, well, guess what? They're going to able to take your principal payment, make more money on it because the tenures increased, and your defeasance calculation is, go, is going to go down. So the simple way to put that is: if the if the interest rates go up, defeasance goes down. If interest rates go down, your defeasance cost goes up. It's a moving ball, um, and it's just determined at the time of payoff.
0: Yep. So in my example of uh, Eagle Village, like when, you know, we have a, um, a 10 year note in five years, we plan on doing some type of exit. We'll probably actually do a refund. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, with a whole, and we will probably refi with a Freddie or Fannie loan. Maybe, because this might be a legacy property. We may do a HUD, right? Cause it's a really nice property. I'm in it really well. And so it may make sense that the problem with that HUD's HUD loans take like six months to do.
1: They do. It, the juice is kind of worth the squeeze, right? I mean, you you need to. It's a, it's it's some red tape. It's some paperwork to get those done. Uh, just a little shameless plug for Katie's the number one HUD lender in the country. I do think you need a good partner when you do a HUD loan yep. because we want to hold your we want to make sure it's as easy as possible for you. We do a lot of the paperwork for you and have you just sign. So yeah, we're knocking out refis anywhere between four and six months. Where Fannie Friday, we can close in you know anywhere between thirty and sixty days. A little bit easier to get done. But on the HUD side of things, so just talking about, you know, prepayment flexibility in the loan product itself, HUD is going to have an extremely low interest rate. Uh, if you refi, let's say Eagle Village, that rate today in a 35-35 is below 4%. And it's 35 years fixed on a 35-year amortization non-recourse. It is, a, it is a very, very good loan. So where, you know, what's, what's the downfall? What are the cons? A little bit of extra cost. You got to audited financial statements each year. You have what we call react reports when people are um, inspecting the property each year. So you got some upkeep, but again, is the juice worth the squeeze? If it's a good loan product for you, what we find is a lot of people do one HUD loan. They get those instruments in place and they just keep on doing it because they've already got the infrastructure. Now on prepay, it's a, you mentioned 54321 step down. It's a 10 year step down. So you see 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 on a 3535, uh, 35 or, or you have open free pay starting year 11.
0: Yep. So it's, you know, HUD's really a good option for when you know you have like a legacy asset, right? So this student housing, for me, it's 2006 vintage, it's a newer building, it cash flows amazingly well. And once I exit my capital and I just own it myself, I am going to really want to put that into play as a legacy HUD asset. Give me a low payment. I don't plan on selling it. I don't need the money out of it. I'm not trying to extract. But but, but, I may prolong that. I may do just a regular fanny or stuff, something to pull out as much equity as I can. Can I pull out equity in the HUD or no? Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. It's a sizing to a. Um, oh, and the other the other nice part with HUD is it's an eighty five percent LTV. Okay. Um, so they'll they actually go higher on leverage. They do have some reserves in that, so it's a little bit of juju math. But um, so I will
0: probably so then that's probably what I will do. Then I'll, I'll we'll resize that to the, as much as we can. Pull out. We'll still have equity in the deal. That's fine because we're buying it mainly for cash flow, and that's that's like forever cash. Like that thing will always make money. We would be hard pressed to screw it up. Right. so I love it. Yeah.
1: We're strategizing on Eagle Village as we speak. Yeah, yeah. we already are, right?
0: So <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about that is like think think about where we're at in this deal. We already know it's performing, it's doing really well. But when you're not in a position like so we already own the asset, it's easy to plan then, you know, a year when you get to that last year, when you know you're going to refire or start the process when it makes sense, it's very easy to then say, okay, well, here's you know, so what if it takes six months? Who cares? We're, we'll are we just start the process.
1: You don't have a, for lack of a better phrase, you don't have a gun to your head. It's not an acquisition, right? We can yeah. slow roll, we can start the process early. I'm, I'm with you. Now, HUD works for acquisition as well. So if you got a deal that you want to buy and you're looking for some higher leverage, long-term hold, want the 35-35, we've got a proprietary bridge group and we've got other bridge groups that can close you in the 30 to 60 days, get you done, do a short-term bridge, it would be an I.O. payment, still non-recourse, and then we're working the HUD refi during that time, we get you in the HUD loan six months later.
0: Yep, yep. Now, so for me, for a syndicator, that typically doesn't work unless it was my own, like, so if I sold the property and I had a bunch of my own money going into a new deal, like I wanted to exchange my own money into a deal, then that would make an. if I had a smoking deal that I knew it was another legacy asset, That'd be a great great way to segue that. Um, yeah. The only reason is because typically in five years I want to out. Well, that's going to cost me more money with a on a HUD than it would be like uh, agency Freddie Fannie, right?
1: Yeah. Sometimes there's some peace of mind just knowing what your prepay is going to be, right? If you if the plan is to maybe not sell in five years but hold or something along those lines, you at least know in year five your prepayments can be five percent of your principal versus a defeasance where you you just don't know, and a lot of times it's more than five percent.
0: Yeah. And so now, and here's the other part of this, like, notice how important, okay, we're, we're already just right now talking about Eagle Village, like it's, because it's in play, right? And so me and him are just talking about other things, right? And so that's how it works with a mortgage broker. This is why it's so important to have one on your team that knows everything that's out there. You don't want just the guy that has one product. That's like suicide, right? You just don't do it. You want someone that represents the whole gambit because then they can say, it really is, the, you know, Aaron does a really good job. This is Corey, what do you, what's your goal? What do you want to do so that I can go out to the marketplace and find something that fits? That's the big difference, right? In my mind, I mean, I think that's what you do best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we, we deal with a lot of folks that are getting into real estate, been in real estate for a little while, and, you know, just deal with their banks. And that's fine. You know, local banks are, you need them. You need them for construction loans. You need them for a variety of different things. But it's great to get to know somebody, reduce their contingent liabilities, and just talk about the deal. Every de- Corey, I'm sure you agree. Every deal in your portfolio is vastly different from one another. Real estate's different, right? Your loan should not, should not be the same on every single deal. Every deal acts differently, and there should be different plans of action, execution, hold periods, you name it. So we try to marry up the debt to to best secure cash returns. That's that's what everybody's in this game for. to make some money. So, you know, we we all sell. We're all selling the same color money. It's a, we're just a commodity business. But the way that we can structure and execute it, a lot of times it's better off one way than another.
0: Well, and not all lenders are the same. I mean, like it's really about because now let's go to the next piece, which is bridge, right? Because you just oh, mentioned yeah. it. So bridge is a little bit more like who you know, right? What yep. Bridge lenders, At do you f- know and and what? you know? Yeah. So let's talk about yeah, that.
1: Bridge bridge is fun. Bridge is, uh, you know, I, I I absolutely love my Fannie and Freddie. They keep the lights on for me. It's it's the vast majority of what I do, uh, but bridge is fun. It keeps us nimble. Listen, so update on the bridge market. Uh, it's a very competitive space. We have absolutely over a hundred lenders in this space right now, trying to get multifamily, trying to find that deal that you need to close quick or you're buying it. It's low occupancy. You got a CapEx slug that you're going to put into it. It's not ready for a Fannie Freddie. Um, we're going to talk about a case study here in a minute that, you know, you can put a short-term loan on that. These, these lenders will fund your CapEx uh So like to give you an example, uh, let's say you got a, a, a deal that you want to buy for 10 million bucks. It's 85% occupied. You want to put maybe three, a unit into that property, get it up to stabilization, and then either sell it or refi it. Fantastic bridge opportunity. We, we'll see lenders go up to 85% of purchase price on those. Cash flow, I don't want to say is irrelevant, but it's not a stop. We, we can go below a, a 1.0 DCR. We can go to a deal that doesn't cash flow day one and structure that. Um, and then on that you know, 3000 a unit, they'll fund that at 85% with you. So it's, it's a great partnership program Oh, and by the way, by the way, it's non-recourse and it's an interest-only payment. So yes. it's and it's a very competitive space and we're doing a lot of that business.
0: Yeah, so that's that's really a great way to transition property. So now that we've kind of got there, let's just talk about um, let's talk about Hawkeye Towers. Great. Right? Right? So Hawkeye Towers is a property in Waterloo, Iowa that's a student housing project. Now, the problem with Waterloo, Iowa is Waterloo, Iowa. Okay, it's a small tertiary market. Uh, but it's the biggest city at 150 mile radius. Right. Um, but it's not very attractive to Freddie and Fannie. Right. But they will probably buy it. Right. You actually got them to say yes. We
1: were we were about done on the on a Fanny execution on that deal. And and just a real quick comment on student housing specifically. You know, I, I travel a lot. I go see all my deals um, that I'm that I'm financing and, you know, it's student is great but it's they're always in small towns right right and you require tuscaloosa is not a big city right and it usually got to dr- fly to atlanta and drive over so fanny freddie absolutely when they when they look at student housing they're looking more at that student size and the yep. enrollment yep. Of the market than they are the size of the the msa however Corey, you're right on it's it's a market search in waterloo isle is hawkeye community college so it is not yeah, uh, it,
0: it was it's a community a college,
1: right? It's so, like, tier one. However, we were able to get Fannie on board. We got them comfortable with you. We got him comfortable with the business plan, the execution, the deal. And in that particular case, um, you know, again, we were under application with Fannie, ready to put a perm. And what happened? The deal didn't lease up. So,
0: sellers screwed it up, right? They get seller coma. I talk about this on many podcasts. I'm telling you, sellers, you go under contract and something weird is like, voodoo magic someone's got a voodoo doll and they're like go to sleep right uh fire all your staff you know make sure they don't show up for work and you know and all of a sudden you know you were 95% occupied last year but this year you're at 88% or 84% and now way. it kicked it out of cuz you got an exception to get it at 89 we were right on the bubble, and they couldn't even get it to 89. And uh, the previous year, they were 95.
1: Yeah, this this is one that was, uh, man, we tried, right? And we we, we were right on the one-yard line. All that needed to happen was lease-up. We had underwritten deal at, I think it was 93, but it was 95% occupied. But the target, Fannie even gave us some buffer to get to 89. He could have slipped by 6%, and I think he ended up at, like, 82. Fannie was... (laughs) Hey, listen, we're, we'll fund you the deal. They were ready to do it, but it would have required such an additional cash down payment. It makes sense. So that was something where you and I, Corey, talked, and it's like, listen, we can give you this perm loan today. It does have the, that Fannie Mae supplemental, so you can come back and get more proceeds when you lease it back up. But probably the best execution is to do a bridge, and we'll fund you at, at a, a higher LTV going in lease it back up and let's talk about it next year once you once you correct the problem. So we'll be talking about that deal in just a few months, putting probably a Fannie Mae loan back.
0: up. Yep, exactly. So so then we so once that deal fell through. Now understand when a deal falls through like that point, it requires more money, right? Because so everybody has a process, and uh, the Fannie one is actually not that expensive to uh, initiate. Because when you go to Bridge, Bridge wants like forty, fifty thousand dollars I think you got an exception on this one to lower the cost. Because we're using we the same uh, lender that's going to get the permanent financing once we do it. So we used, now this is why the Bridge is so sexy. And now, but here was the challenge. As we were looking for Bridge notes, it was just, you know, we had this little box that we're trying to figure out how to structure it. And it was kind of hard.
1: That's right. Yeah. It was, and- uh, that's, that's really where the market came in. At market size, bridge lenders wanted a little bit more cash injection. We were able to pull a rabbit out of our hat by just sticking with the same lender that had it. They've been living with it. They were comfortable with it. They were comfortable uh, removing the recourse, which was a little bit unique because it was a local bank. But we got it done. And when the way we were, and the way I was able to negotiate that for you is, hey, we're going to not pay you an exit fee. We're just going to bake in a little bit more interest rate. So, he doesn't have any exit fees, and we ran the math that ends up being better for you because of the short term duration.
0: All right. So, hold on, timeout. So, this is, that is that's what happened, but I'm going to give you my version. <laughs> so, because like I'm starting to get a little um, cranky at this point, right? Corey gets cranky sometimes. My job is to push, 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 right? And when I start saying what the F, right? Because I think I said it a couple times. couple. <laughs> Now Aaron's still being cool the whole time, right? And we're just trying to find because all we're trying we're all trying to do the same thing, which is find the solution, right? Unlock the box here because the seller screwed us and we're under contract. Our money's hard. We could probably make the argument that he uh, you know, operated out of bad faith, but like it is what it is. And it's still a great deal. We just gotta get it dealt and bought. So Aaron does say she's like, hey dude. Let me just call the the the, uh, the credit union that has the existing deal. And let me just see what's up with that. Let me see if I can work that angle. And, dude, and that's what he did. And, like, not really in his box, but he's a lender. And he's working hard for put this thing together. And that's exactly what you did, Aaron. You went and you took a lot of, comp, you know, but understand, and, and he said it, but I want to say it again and emphasize it the current lender that had the loan to the seller credit union had a personal guarantee. Now credit unions and banks don't typically come off a personal guarantee ever. Like that's a unicorn. Am I right, Aaron? No, you're right. You're right. That's, hell, that's a water. unicorn, man. It's like in Waterloo, Iowa, you know, but, um, but Aaron, if you're watching on video YouTube right now, you see Aaron's got his head shaved and uh, you know, he's Mr. Clean and he just, He just put the moves on him and just said, "Listen, here's what we got to have. Here's what we got to have, or we're going to have to go somewhere else." Fear of loss, right? Because they already had the debt, and it was good debt for the credit union. They knew the asset, right? That's right. No, you're right. And it was one of those things where the guy, you know, some towns there's truly a good old boy process, and this is exactly how this town was. Is the guy you were talking to was. He's had to go in front of his board, but he's like, basically, if I recommend it, the board's going to say yes, right? Yeah, and that's what he did. It, it was uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> they almost didn't think they needed to fund all the money. They're like, "Oh, we'll just send you the difference or something." We're yeah, like, that, no, it, no, no.
1: <laughs> that was that again, Waterloo, Iowa. Like, we're not going to run it through title. We're just going to refund ourselves a small tick. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, it's it's a it's a sale. You got to run, got to run some stuff through escrow, but it, it was it was a bit of a process, education process, but. Yeah, going back to the structure, I mean, they, they originally wanted 41% in, 1% out. It's like, yeah. no, 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 let's let's talk about that. They think they ended up taking five basis points. Yes. If you, if you run that, Matt, and then they waived the exit fee. So, no exit but,
0: fee. So when I go out of this thing, there's nothing. It was it's so smooth, dude. It was like, and 4.1% interest. It was a good, oh,
1: yeah, and fixed. Fixed rate.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was just sexy as hell, dude. It was like. <laughs>
1: it was a good day. We turned a bad situation into a good situation. I
0: mean, after that, it was come here, let me put my arms around you.
1: <laughs> I came out of in Phoenix after that when I felt that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know, listen, uh, you know, Corey's a nice guy, but Corey can get heated and emotional sometimes. But you know, this is what I love about uh, real estate. No one, no one remembers that, right? When once you close and transact any heartache or bad pill or anything that was in the deal, once you close, all sins are forgiven most of the time. Right. Most of the time. That's
1: right? why I'm Mr. Clean. Let me be the Pepto-Bismol. My hair falls out and try to make your life easier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my hair is coming, bro. I'm not far behind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was but, a good one.
0: But like, I guess at the end of the day, what I'm, what I'm, what I want my listeners to understand is that having a uh, a really a person on your team that is that has knowledge and not just a little but in-depth knowledge of all the real products out there in the commercial world it is a big boys game and you need someone that can represent you and you know part of what Aaron was doing was selling me as well to the to the credit union you know and be able because he had his stuff lined up it was a lot easier sell to say this guy's got this we you know we have a plan in place um, all that stuff right
1: yeah, relationships makes- are huge you know i i i sit here in the middle i got two sides of the fence right Corey, you're frankly more important than the lenders but i've got two two relationships to man to keep in mind here you know i've got fannie and freddie that i i need to keep uh close to the chest and build those relationships and then we've got our borrowers and uh the best part about the broker is we get to bring folks together and you know we've done two deals we're going to do more in the future and that just helps me with my job because i can go to my lenders that i've done 20 deals with and say i I can rep this guy he's he's solid he stands by his performance he's able to perform uh here's not only the reo schedule but three different you know two different deals that we've worked on that he's turned it around so those relationships run deep with us on the mortgage
0: yeah yeah it really it's it's, that's even a nicer solid once you understand like you know because we stay in touch and and, and, like we're going to do this deal down the road, when, when we get to show like our refinance, dude, when you see my numbers, Aaron, on, on Eagle Village. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, gosh, damn, bro. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've told my audience this probably on a, on a podcast, but I want to tell you because I don't know if I think I've told you, but we were doing 195, 195, total income, right? 195, 195. Then the summer months come because they were doing nine month leases, 165, 167. Then we finally get to our lease up. Now it's our, you know, our, my staff, my team, 225, 225, 225. Dude, You're that's like $30,000 in more income, right? Um, every month. Dude, that's that's like, so 30,000 times 12, 360 at a seven cap, it's got like, it's like five mil just right there. Just like, that's not even talking about what we've saved in expenses. We, we've saved money in expenses too. All that yields sexy cash flow. Sexy cash flow. Baby.
1: That's how that's how you make money in real estate too, right? Oh, and keep in mind, you're, uh, and I'm sure you've talked about this, but that cash out, refile, that equity going in your pocket is tax-free.
0: Amen to that, brother. There you go. You, you know, hey, there's nothing better than free tax-free money. Because <laughs> Uncle Sam wants his, trust me. But like, you know, you find ways to not have to pay him. That's, that's really the trick. So guys, listen, uh, Aaron, dude, I think, I mean, lending, lending is critical, right? How critical is it to have lender? It's real critical, right? So if uh, my people want to find out who you are, um, how do they get a hold of you, brother? Sure, sure. Uh, call me, email me anyway. Like,
1: uh, again, name's Aaron Mall. Uh, it's M O L L. I'm on Burkadia's website. Based here in Detroit, do deals all over the country, student housing, conventional, you know, uh, really anything, office, retail, self storage. Of the whole gamut, but uh, phone number is uh 231 360 1840 and emails uh Mall at com. So happy to help anybody.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, you know, I, I highly endorse uh Aaron. I mean, I think he's a true professional. You know, it's it's hard to find really good lenders that care, right? I mean, it, it's like anything else, right? There's always good people you know out there, and there's average people, and there's great people. And Aaron's one of the great people that you can work with. Confidently, that he'll really look at your situation and say, "Let's let's put a blown program product together that's going to best suit you know you and your needs and your exit and the whole holistic approach to what's going on." And that, my friend, is hard to find. Truly, it really is. Right.
1: I, I appreciate. it.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot. So, listen, guys. Um, you know, constructing your power team is one of the, the most important things you'll ever do. Aaron is a great asset for that, um, as well as, you know, having a management company, all those things like that. But, you know, multifamily, the ability to do multifamily starts with vision. And honestly, it starts, with a, it starts with a dream, right? You have to make a choice of whether you're going to do this business or keep setting on the sidelines. So if you're looking to take it to the next level and need a little handholding, I recommend that you go to my website, kahunaboardroom.com. Check us out. We have a course that's $7,500. It is intense. We only do it three times a year. And next year, we're only going to do it twice. Because why? Because Corey doesn't want to work so hard. Okay? And (laughs) I only allow 35 people in it. So if that's you, take the time to get into the boardroom. Set your application. Either I or my wife will call you to vet you we want to make sure you're the right fit. We're not, we don't just want to take your money, uh, but it is a very high level course and you'll come out there knowing how to do real estate. Um, with that said, guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it and your paradise is possible.